Welcome back, fight friends, to the Shadow Fight Podcast. How are you doing today? It is December 14th here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Rolling up onto Christmas. So before we begin, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holiday Season, a Happy New Year, Happy Winter Break, whatever you want to call it. Just make sure you do it right. And uh, relax, have a couple bevies, and uh, um, enjoy friends and family. All right, guys. This might be the last podcast before Christmas. I don't think before the end of the year, but before Christmas... But right after that, I'm hoping to talk to people uh, like uh, Jake, I'm sorry, uh, Tim, Tim and Derek from Lumpayu Sherwood Park, uh, teammates of mine, friends of mine, and they always talk shit. So, you know, it's going to be a good podcast and uh, hopefully we'll see um, Braden Spartan coming up as well. He's training out in Thailand from Edmonton right now. And it uh, looks like he's fighting every two days, to be honest, and absolutely crushing cats. So um, I'm looking forward to talking with him. Matter of fact, we, we, we have a unique history our, our i'm pretty sure our first time meeting each other was getting to quite a heated argument at a tournament and uh so we had a little but our up our little temper tantrum and uh i'm happy to see that i'm happy that we were both able to uh just talk it out and then we can do stuff like this that's the my favorite part of the community so shout out to you uh brayden and um i think other than that i'm looking at maybe luke spicer into the new year but again this is this is the world if not canada's definitely the world's best podcast fight podcast however the least professional so uh, all these guests uh who we got lined up like bro i got no idea i got shit to do <laughs> sorry <laughs> um but by the way if you are a fighter coach anything hit me up if you want to be on the podcast whether it be on zoom or uh in person or anything like that uh okay before we move on guys i'm gonna give me a gift from you for free you don't have to pay anything the only thing it's going to cost you is a minute, maybe less of your time. And I'll accept that Christmas gift. Take your finger. You could easily just on your social medias. If you could like the podcast, you want to go one step further and help me out. Share the podcast with a friend, family member, or foe. And remember, you share with a foe. They could become friend and they turn into family. All because you started sharing the Shout Out Fight podcast with a foe or family or friend. Um, now, of course, five stars. This is a five-star podcast. We aren't a one-star. We're not a three-star. This is a five-star podcast. If you feel like I haven't earned your five stars, you're having a bad day, not me. But if you kick less than uh, less than five stars, then it affects more than just one person. Now it affects you and me. We don't want that. So wait till you're in a good mood. Hit me with the five stars. I will be much appreciated. And of course, only the real ones subscribe. So make sure you subscribe to the Shout Out Podcast. And by the way, I always want to give credit to my man, B. Kong. In the words of my man, B. Kong, only the real ones subscribe. So make sure you subscribe to the Shout Out Fight Podcast. You can like, you can share. Hit me with the five stars. The like, the like and the five stars take one click. You can share and write a little ditty and subscribe. There's another little click. Three clicks, one little write. It takes 30 seconds of your time. You are helping me, the podcast, out massively, and it's free to you and takes less than a minute, maybe even less than 30 seconds. So if you could do that, I would be much appreciated. Thank you very much. And please make sure you check out our website, www.shoutoutpodcast.com for swag, looking around, all that good stuff. All right. Let's get on with it, eh? Okay, guys. So we're going to talk. Uh, I got a lot of stats for here today. The last uh, one fight card, one championship fight card, uh, one Friday night, one Friday fights on Prime. Big fight card. We'll talk about those. We've got the UFC this weekend. I'm not a big UFC guy, but there's some interesting matchups. There's some fun stories. 
and then the big fight card on the 22nd. So we got all sorts of stuff to break down here today. Um, I'll try to make it not so statty and more talky. <laughs> okay, guys. Also, also after the 22nd show, I'm going to make a video and we are going to have the shout out viewers of Violence Choice Awards. Yes. What a cool name. So what does that mean? I want you guys to send me a DM. Don't put it in the comments for your fighter of the year, fight of the year, knockout of the year for sure. So fighter, fight, and knockout of the year, male or female, I don't care. Um, I was thinking of also adding like breakthrough fighter of the year, who's somebody that maybe we didn't really hear of at the beginning of the year, and now we definitely hear about them. Um, maybe go one step further, Canadian fight of the year, Canadian fighter of the year, or maybe just Canadian fighter of the year, I don't know. But, uh, you know, seeing as we're a Canadian podcast, I'd like to be able to do something like that. Now... I'll take these right up until 11.59 p.m. on December 31st. So make sure you uh, uh, don't DM me, and, and I'll write them down. Uh, I, even if there's one vote, uh, my favorite was uh, Butterbean. Like, like, okay, did he fight? Yeah, he fought once. Uh, okay, fighter of the year, sure. I'll write it down, and we'll start. We'll, if there's like 30 names, we'll, we'll do the top 10, all right? But I'll write down every single vote, and then uh, I'll break it down for you. Last place to first place for... The shout-out viewers of Violence Choice Awards. God, I came up with that name all on my own. <laughs> so we'll do that uh, after the 22nd, all right? Because who knows? Let's see what happens next week. There's some there's some big fights and possible some very big results. So let's wait and see. All right, guys. Uh, my fighty friends. I want to give a shout-out to uh, my fighty friends, Mike Miles. Excuse me. John Mike Miles. Um, I've been looking up to that guy since... Well, I walked into his gym first when I didn't even know Muay Thai was a real thing in grade seven. So I was like, well, uh, divide by two, circumference of the sun. I was about 83 years ago when I was in grade seven. Um, I've been an avid follower ever since. I, I look up to him. I wanted on his fight cards when I was a teenager. I, I just, I wanted him to watch me fight. Anyway, um, I got to have a chat with him. Good 10 minutes. I just meant to drop off some shirts at uh, at his gym, uh, Mike Miles' gym. And uh, for Man of War, thanks for all the support, man. I, I literally brought you shirts because I appreciate all the support. You literally like everything I do. I really appreciate that. And lucky enough, Mr. Miles was in the house, so we got to have about a 10, 15-minute chat, which I haven't got to do with him in a long time. I mean, the reality is when you're kind of at these events, it's all fight stuff, right? Like, I'm busy, he's busy, they're busy, they, you know, there's things going on, so... It was awesome, and I, I treasured that. That was great. Thank you. Shout out to you, John McMiles. Taylor from MMA Canada, as well as Cody and Stephen for uh, having her little watch party, their Zoom watch party for the uh, one Friday fights on Prime. Uh, Stephen Dronjek, I'm sorry, man, if I got your name wrong, but he was the guy that just got busted up and looked like he was loving it at Rajid Amnon, what was that, the World Series two weeks ago, where he didn't win, but nobody's even talking about the winner. <laughs> And very knowledgeable as well. So it was really cool to talk to those three guys. Cody, Jerome, as always, and Taylor. Um, from the watch party, man, that was fun. Kieran Kettle, as always, I'm consistently talking to that guy about fights and what's upcoming. Lindsey Ray, Top Notch Muay Thai. That's Dale over there. Jade, Neil P., who's also from Top Notch. My man, Kyle Messenger. Brett S., who's fighting in Thailand right now. And again, another guy trains at WTM here in Calgary and just seems to be taking like fight after fight. Matter of fact, I uh, just talked to him this morning and shout out to you. We, we talked quite a bit and he was saying, yeah, I finished my session last night. And then my trainer said, Hey, guess, guess what you're doing tomorrow? Like, Hey, there's the Thailand way of doing things. Hey, um, so good luck. 
Windsor Muay Thai, Anthony Palumbo, Turkey and Pistols as always, Han at Combat Fighting Channel, my man B. Kong, James Tyler, who I've become a massive fan just as a, as a friend and as a man over the last little while. Just thanks for being part of my life, man. Stephanie Quigg, I'm a fan as a person, as a fighter, and we have a little back and forth once in a while regarding fights. So go, Steph, go. I'm a fan. Um, and Ninja Jason. Um, <laughs> I love that guy, man. There's, that guy has no filter. He'll let you know what he thinks. It's great. All right. Shout out. A couple quick shout outs. I want to give a shout out to Scott and Kelly, my students. Scott's also the man who's working day and night um, at the Muay Thai World Cup, setting up the ring, making sure everything's good, taking it down, setting it home, all that kind of stuff. Like He's there forever. And Kelly, one of my students as well. Um, yeah, it's just around Christmas time. Scott's one of my best friends. He lives really close to me. And it's just easy to not stop and go for a beer and laugh. And it's just easy to continue on with life. And I didn't want that. So um, thanks for coming out, guys. We don't get to do it very often. Go out, have a few drinks and just not be sweaty and punch each other in the face. And it was just a reminder why I need to do it more. You guys are great people, and I appreciate that. Uh, like I just said, Rob at Turkey and Pistols. Make sure you go check out Turkey and Pistols, Pistols in Brad Creek. Uh, what a cool store. Music, um, apparel. I just can't say enough good things about Rob. Rob and Finley as well. Um, I've been in contact, or we've been in contact back and forth a little bit. Um, yeah, man, thanks for chatting fights as always. I'm looking forward to sitting down, having a coffee, and having a real chat. I want to give a shout-out to Lumpai U Calgary and Chris McMillan. They went up to Sherwood Park uh, for a smoker, came back five wins, one loss. That's a phenomenal way to finish the year. So congratulations to you guys. I want to give a shout out to rum and eggnog. I love rum and eggnog. I love rum. Eggnog, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, well, to be honest, I don't know if you can get it outside of uh, Christmas time, but um, man, I drink a lot of it kind of December. So eggnog, for those who don't know, what the hell is eggnog? Hmm. Um, it's like, a, it's like a Christmas drink. It's kind of what I'd like to think of it. A Christmas drink. It's thick. It has nutmeg in it. Uh, eggs, raw egg, I think. Have I sold it to you guys? <laughs> Sounds delicious. Hey, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it's a, I, I just taste Christmas. And then when you add rum, now I just, it's the best. So rum and eggnog, shout out to you. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the Christmas season as well. My cub's excited. That makes me excited. Everyone for the most part, is a little bit nicer, for the most part. Um, I just, it's, it's, it's not, you know what I really love about the Christmas season? So I, I'm kicked off Facebook. I have no idea what I did, legit no idea. Uh, I don't understand. I can't get a hold of anybody. I can't call anybody. Nobody's emailing me back about the 10,000 appeals. I don't know how this works. But anyway, when I was on Facebook, I, you know what my favorite thing about the Christmas season was? I always think of guys like uh, Liam Harrison because he was just on Facebook. Uh, Andy Housen, Bob Carmel down in the U.S. Um, um, those are the ones off the top of my head anyway. But you'd always see their their Insta, I'm sorry, their Facebook. And it was always, all right, guys, that's the last session for the year. We're shutting it down. The gym is closed. Do not come in here. You're not going to hear from me. I'm taking a good five, six, ten days off, whatever, and I'm going to enjoy friends, family, liquor, food, blah, 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 and just seeing the world shut down in Muay Thai gyms. Okay, that's it. We're done. All right, last session over. Let's get a picture, and and everybody sort of shuts down. I just I like that feeling. Let's all just stop for a minute, and let's be grateful and be with friends and family, regardless of what you're celebrating. Who cares? If the world's shut down, then just do the same. Just Just go be with your friends and your family. So I really like that from the Muay Thai side, the gym side of the Christmas season. Shout out to sous vide turkey. Sous vide turkey. Everybody talks about turkey being so dry. 
I don't disagree. But sous vide, oh, dude, sous vide turkey is my favorite meat in the whole world. Uh, my gym and staff at Arashido Martial Arts Deerfoot North here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. That is an anthill of a gym, and there's a lot of moving parts. And uh, you guys make my life easier by simply being phenomenal at your jobs. Thank you, everybody. The teachers, the staff, the administration, everybody at Arashido Martial Arts Deerfoot North. And a special thank you to all my family and friends of the Shout Out Fight Podcast. I appreciate all the kind words, all the support. Um, um, good and bad. To be honest, it's sort of the first time that I'm getting, you know, not hate mail, but things things are going well if, if people don't like what you do. So that's okay. I'm okay with that. I just, I thank everybody for uh, being part of this ride with me. It's been a hell of a year. Let's just kick it up next year. Thank you. All right, guys, let's move on. So events, I want to talk about uh, real quick, the, the Primo Canada Fight Dynasty event that uh, happened September 9th in Brampton, Ontario at Red Owl Boxing. So I've now got to commentate at Red Owl Boxing twice. What a gym. Like, like when you think of a gym, and I've said this before, that you want, as, as, you know, you, you picture, it's a fantasy. You got your, uh, I mean, you got a boxing ring. I mean, you got all your cardio equipment. You got your heavy bags. You got room. It's nice. You have a pro shop. You got like a juice bar. You got all that stuff that you want. Uh, it, but they also can hold fights. There's stadium seating. And the acoustics in there are awesome. The crowd is awesome. I really like that place. Red Owl Boxing in Brampton, Ontario. What a great gym. Anyway, in the main event, we had Thomas Mandra versus Anthony Palumbo. Thomas Mandra from Ajax MMA. 17 wins, 3 losses. 24 years old. Uh, from Ajax, Ontario. Six-time Muay Thai champion. And he was the one road-to-one quarterfinalist who lost to Stephen O'Pong in a close fight. And he fought Anthony Palumbo. 14 wins, 2 losses. I'm sorry, 14 wins, 4 losses. 22 years old from Airdrie, Alberta, two-time North American champ and two-time TBA tournament champion. And uh, I've had the pleasure of commentating both of these guys, and um, they're great fighters. Uh, a very interesting matchup. And, uh, man, the the height and length of Thomas Mandra is just something to deal with no matter who you are. Now, mix that also with excellent fundamental Muay Thai, great boxing, um, good IQ, and that's going to be tough to beat. And Anthony Palumbo, he's had nothing but hard fights and and takes fight after fight. And I'm a big fan of Anthony. He's always kind of a cheery guy. He's always smiling and always fighting hard and training hard. So quite a good matchup here. But I watched this fight live and you could tell Anthony uh, man, just, just could not get past that long guard. Maybe something happened in the fight. Like uh, um, I, I couldn't hear the sound. So I'm not sure. I don't know if there's an injury or something happened. I have no idea. But uh just Thomas would not let Anthony in and just keeping him at bay, keeping him away. And then uh, I think it was round three caught, uh, caught Anthony and Palumbo with a, a knee to the chin. And um, although Anthony is okay, just didn't make the count, but sent him a message, man, tough go, big fan. I see you fight all the time and you're fighting world beaters, man. And you say, well, I'll be back. It's all good. That's the best way to handle it. And Thomas Manja, I mean, where does he go? So he just beat Victor Alvim for a title last time I was out there a couple months ago. Before that, he was fighting in the road to one tournament, four-ounce gloves. Bad dude. Um, I'm sure Thomas Mandra, if not both, but for sure Thomas Mandra will be fighting on the Muay Thai World Cup Ontario show on January 27th. And the sky's the limit for both of these guys. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm I'm grateful that I got to commentate both these guys, and I'm very excited to see what they do next. I'm, I'm definitely watching as a fan. All right, guys, that's that. Okay, let's talk about the uh, last Friday, one fight night, 17 on Prime. We had eight fights. We had seven finishes, 
And the only one that went to a decision is candidate for fight of the year. By the way, did anybody finally notice that these cards aren't like uh, six hours long filled with commercials? Like, finally. Like, yes, I got to go to bed as an old man at a reasonable time. <laughs> anyway, in the, in the uh, let's get to it. In the main event we, for the inaugural heavyweight Muay Thai one, uh, one heavyweight Muay Thai world championship, Roman Kriklia versus Alex Roberts. Roman Kriklia from the Ukraine, 32 years old, six foot seven, 233 pounds. Training out of Gridden Gym, which is also Alizov's gym. Ching is Alizov, the champ. Uh, 50 wins, 7 losses with 29 KOs. That's pretty impressive. Three-time, one light heavyweight kickboxing champion. He is the one heavyweight kickboxing champion and now the one Muay Thai world champion. Uh, pretty impressive. So that, uh, yeah, world champ in three divisions, yeah. Light heavyweight, heavyweight, yeah, Muay Thai heavyweight. Yeah, that's right. Four-time performance of the night. Uh, 2022 fighter of the year as well as KO of the year versus Iraj Azizpour, who I like as well. Last five fights was Iraj, which he won by knockout. Guto Inosante uh, won by knockout. And he's that guy that can do all that crazy spinning kick stuff. Pretty impressive guy. Marat Aigun, which he won by KO. Andre Stoika and Tariq Cabrez. Cabrez. I'm sorry if I got that wrong, Tariq. Uh, his last loss was to Iraj Azizpour, as a matter of fact. And that was in February 2018. And he's never been knocked out. So this guy hasn't lost in what's about to be like four years and never been KO'd. Uh, now, he fought Alex the Viking Roberts from Australia, 34 years old, 14 wins, four losses, six foot three from the pit in Australia. The pit don't quit. That's that's their lower. The pit never quits or something like that. But uh, that's the home of uh, Toby Smith and his dad, Blair Smith. Um, who else in the Roy Wills? Like there, There's a lot of good fighters and just hard as Jim, you know what I mean? Like that the pit don't quit. That's that's not just a silly fun saying that rhymes. Like those that team lives like that. They're hard. Um anyway, so this was Alex's first fight in one championship, which again seems kind of weird. And he uh he was the recently crowned WBC heavyweight world Muay Thai champion when he beat uh Lyndon Knowles, who's the brother of Haggerty's trainer, Jonathan Haggerty. Um and so that caught the eye of one championship and he got a you got the call to the bigs. Now, this seems to be a theme, and I've talked about it before. I'm not trying to sh on anyone, but before we move on, um, why why is somebody... Well, so Alex Alex gets dropped in round one by Roman, and then I think it's round two he gets... Uh, he he um, Roman wins by knockout. However, he does eat a back elbow from Alex, which was smart, missed an overhand right, and comes back with an elbow. And it had uh, Roman Kriglia wobbly. Um, so that was pretty surprising. It was pretty fun for a sec there. Probably got saved by the bell. I think that was round one. And then uh, maybe round two. And then that's it. Straight right for Kriklia. And that sends Roberts down. The ref calls the fight. So, man, Roman's so tall, long, lanky. So his straight shots um, and long, very, very good. Mu very much like a sniper. Moves like a middleweight against Alex Roberts. Big, strong heavyweight. So lots of hook punches and lots of forward momentum. And uh, Roman was just able to kind of be the matador here, and uh, but but still a pretty interesting fight. But again, it's it's my here's my whole thing. Why is Alex making his debut in little gloves versus the champ for the champ? Like I know this happens a lot, but like let's like it's it's uh well before we move on, here's my whole thing with this. It's hard to follow. Like when you watch the UFC, you not that they follow the rankings totally. 
but a little bit. And, and so maybe sometimes number seven will fight number three or number four will get a title shot. Sometimes that's just how it works. There's matchups or injuries or whatever. But they don't have that system. They have a ranking system in one championship, but it's like they, they just don't really use it. Like, so now Alex comes in, he gets his fight. Is Alex going to come back? Like, it's hard to build a story and follow these guys and, hey, he should fight that guy next. Well, that style versus that style. That would really work good. Like, it's hard to do that because they keep kind of one and dunning people. Um, I mean, I mean, I keep talking about this, but like Pampayak is a great example. Maybe he's had more than one fight, but where is he? You know, like they, they kind of come in, they go out. Uh, Tabarez comes in for his debut, fights Rod Tang for a title. Boom, he goes. Like, like this just happens a lot. So it's hard to, it's hard to have it. Maybe if as a fight fan like me, it's hard to have a story to navigate around what matchups you'd like to see because you keep seeing guys come in and like they're fighting right to the top, fighting for the title, and they're gone again. So it, it, I'm not complaining, kind of complaining, but it just makes it hard to to play the MMA math or get excited for future matchups. In my opinion, now the only fight that went, uh, let's move on. The only fight that did go to a decision was Smoking Joe Nutawat versus Luke the Chef Lisi. Uh, Smoking Joe Nutawat now training out of Atlanta, but from Thailand, five foot ten, thirty four years old, seventy two wins, eleven losses. He is four and one in one Muay Thai and two and four in kickboxing. He is a former WMC world champion. He is a uh, sorry two time, two time and five time defending Lion Fight champion. His last five fights were Tawan Chai, which he lost, Jamal Yusupov, he lost, Chingiz Alazov, he lost, uh, Yurik Davtin, won by knockout, and Giorgio Petrosian. Uh, now, his loss to Tawan Chai was a split decision in kickboxing. And wow, that's super impressive. I mean, you, you damn near won, arguably did win uh, a fight with who many consider the pound for pound champ right now. So, um, Weird for him to go back to fight someone, again, a debutante. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, Smoking Joe has beat Sammy Santa. He beat George Mann. So if you guys, George Mann is crazy tall, big. For those who don't remember, he's the one that had that that face just swelled out. Um, that was George Mann. Just, just go look. Google. By the way, I like George. Um, he's beat uh, Malapet, as well as Canadian standout Sean Kearney. All right, Luke the Chef Lisi, six foot, uh, 27 years old from the U.S., six wins and one loss in Muay Thai. And again, when you look on paper, this fight shouldn't be happening. Now, I have a little bit of background with Luke, only that I think it was 2018 at the TBA tournament down in Des Moines, Iowa. By the way, phenomenal tournament, hundreds, almost, or maybe a thousand now uh, athletes. It's like a four-day tournament. It's awesome. I love it. I love attending that tournament. Getting there and back's a bit of a bitch from Calgary. But anyway, um, so I was warming up my fighter and behind me, Luke was warming up. He clearly had a fight and his kicks, man, were so hard and so loud that people were starting to look, man. They were, they were turning their back to take a peek at who's doing that. And I'm trying not to, because my fighter's up in like two or three fights. And so I'm just trying to not, not, not save face, but you know, we're focused. I'm focused. Therefore you're focused. Don't worry about who's doing what we got a goddamn job to do. Right. That's kind of the attitude you carry, but I couldn't help it, man. I had to turn around and watch Luke kick these pads and, um, there was out of, you know, what, 900, 800, 1,000 athletes, there was nobody there that even came close to commanding the attention he did in the change room, uh, warm-up room, right? This massive auditorium. So everybody can see, everybody can hear, and everybody was watching. So I've been watching since then, and he has beautiful fundamentals, really good classic Muay Thai, as well as the, the tricks to go with it, but not the crazy tricks, dropping your hands, doing all that. Like it, it's the, 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 
the tricks within the fundamentals of Muay Thai. And, and he's been just starching people. So I was happy to see him get this call up. And I know I know I I I maybe even on the early podcast when Chris McMillan was co-hosting said like I think this guy is someone we should watch. And uh thanks for proving me right last weekend. Anyway, I mean, what a fight. What a hell of a fight. Um on paper, it looked like this fight shouldn't be happening. And again, so now Joe Nottawatt's had like what eleven stints in one championship and Luke Lisi just just comes in. Um, again, debutante. So then you go, well, so the, the, the story of the fight, obviously, was it was back and forth. And although Joe Nuttawatt clearly won a decision, I heard some people say, oh, I wasn't sure, and mm, gee, I don't know about that, or I could see a split. Not me. Uh, Joe was putting the pressure on. He was causing visible damage. He was punching to the body a lot. He was the one pushing that fight. Not to say Luke did not fire back and have a hell of a fight and really make a go out of it. I mean, he wobbled Joe at the end of round three, I think twice. Man, that was a hell of a fight. But, uh, and just some grit, you know, those, those guys that I was watching the watch party with, like, he's not just pretty Muay Thai, man. That guy's got some dog in him too. And he showed him. Um, and so now, so Joe Nottawatt comes away with a unanimous decision and he's hoping to fight, which makes sense to me, the winner of Superbon and, uh, the winner of Superbon and Tawanchai, um, for the title. So, and again, if you look at the, the background, it's like, well, does he deserve that? But I don't even think that is a thing anymore. I mean, these in and out people, I mean, Tabara's fought Rod Tang his first go for a title. So I don't know, but when you, when he had, when he had the fight that he did with, uh, Tawin Chai, you think maybe he's earned that spot, right? So anyway, that's, that, that's what it sounds like he'd like. I don't know if that's what's happening now. Again, Luke Lisi, I don't know. This was again, a catch weight, I think. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know where he goes from here. So uh, what you end up doing is thinking about smoking Joe and the people he's fought in the past. Yeah, you know it's it, it's hard to say because, but uh, anyway, hell of a fight, hell of a debut from Luke Lisi, and uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing more of him, and uh, he deserves it. All right, another catchweight fight at 150 pounds. We had Samipet Fairtex versus Muhammad Rabah. I'm, I'm assuming that's how you say that. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Dan at First Strike Athletics in Vancouver for uh, sending this fight. I, I didn't watch it, but he, hey, was this an illegal need? I, ah, I didn't watch the fight yet. So I watched the fight first. But uh, anyway, so we had Samapet, 29 years old from Thailand, five foot seven and a half, Southpaw fighter, 126 and 20, uh, the 2012 Channel 7 Tiger Cement Tournament champ, 2017 Thai Army Boxing champ, and the 2018 MTGP World champ. Last five fights, uh, Gavinar Fairtex, who was, again, not, I mean, he starched him. But not all that long ago, a couple of years ago, was considered one of the smartest fighters in Thailand, Felipe Lobo, um, which he lost, unfortunately by knockout, uh, Zhang Cheng Long, uh, Ritiwada, and Tawan Chai. Uh, he's fought Ritiwada two times. He's beat Kulab Dam. If you remember that weird body punch KO thing, I don't know, the eyebrows up. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Rodlek, Nongo, Alaverdi Ramazanov, and uh, Apisit KT Jim, who was also in the uh, Road to One quarterfinals here in Canada and is ranked number three in the division. Uh, Mohamed Rabah, 26 years old from Algeria, 150 pounds, 13 wins, no losses, six foot two. So versus five foot seven, six foot two, Medi's a toot. And uh, um, he's, at a, he's, he's replacing Felipe Lobo last minute, which is assuming why it was at a catchweight fight at 150. Um, so anyway, I, I just, 
Semipet ends up knocking down, or was it the other way around? Muhammad, no, yeah. Semipet knocks down Muhammad, and then Muhammad knocks down Semipet, and there was a massive uh, uh, height difference here. And then uh, I can't remember if it's in the second round or first, but Semipet's on the ropes, and Rabad Muhammad just starts letting loose on him and hits him with a punch or an elbow, but he's he's going down. He, he's going he's gonna to get a knockdown. He's not like going to get a standing eight count. Which, by the way, I've been getting a ton of people sending me videos. There's no standing eight count, or how come they're doing a standing eight count? How come they're doing a standing eight count? How come that, like, you guys are sending me video evidence? The reality is, I don't know. You're going to have to ask them. <laughs> like, it's just in the rules, but it, it, I, I, as far as, ah, I got you, Jay. Like, okay, we'll ask them. I don't know why there was a standing eight count. I'm just going by the rules here. <laughs> but anyway, um, Muhammad was falling down. Uh, I'm sorry, Samipet was on his way down. He was down. He was going to get an eight count. And then Muhammad just decides to, uh, you know, have a nice meal, have a cup of coffee, call his mom, pet his dog, and then decide, you know what, I'm going to go knee that guy on the face who's laying on the ground. And just goes over and kapow, knees him on the face. Now, now I'm obviously being a little sarcastic here, but it was clearly, so was the knee illegal to the face? Absolutely. I do know that you're allowed to hit people on the way down. Um, you know, that's part of it, the follow-through of your move or combo, whatever. But he was long down, long down. And you can hear uh, Muhammad's coach, uh, Mehdi Zatut, who was a phenomenal Muay Thai fighter back in his day and only recently retired. And, uh, oh, no, 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 he was hitting him on the way down. He was just finishing his combination. Like, no, nope. Like, I know you're doing your job, but that's not at all what happened. And then today, uh, Zatut, kind of put a side-by-side from the Superlek versus Rod Tang knockdown or not knockdown. That was the argument and compared it side-by-side with the other one. And it's, it's just, it's not even the same thing, man. That, that knee was so illegal. Now, was it going to change the fight? Probably not. I think it kind of put a stamp on it. Like he was going to get an eight count, but that knee sort of, that's it, finished the fight. So then you get all sorts of people, you know, I, I see just reading in the comments, oh, that's illegal. There should be a rematch. There should be a, they should be an arbitrator and all that sort of stuff. Listen, the only people that feel that way um, or have anything to even say about it is Muhammad Rabah's camp, that would be Mehdi Zatut, and the fans. That's it. Uh, Semipet hasn't said anything. They didn't say anything on the broadcast. Um, you just move on, you know? Um, and that sucks for Semipet. It looked like it was not going to go his way anyway. However, that's, a, that's, not, that's not the way you want to lose a fight. That's not the way you want to win a fight. So... Anyway, Muhammad moves on. Beats uh, number three in the division, Samipet. All right, then we had Dmitry Menshikov versus Musin Chafi. Dmitry Menshikov from Russia, 26 years old, 5'11", 29 wins, 3 losses with 21 KOs. That's pretty darn good. Um, he made his glory debut in October 2018, and his only loss by KO is to Regian Ursel, and that was for his, I believe it was Muay Thai title in June. Might have been kickboxing. Um, just just this year. His last five fights, uh, he knocked out Rung Rui. He lost to Regim, which we talked about, and that's all I really have, actually, as far as one championship. Uh, Musin Chaffee from Morocco, Spain, six, six foot two, very tall, 26 years old, 31 wins, seven losses, two draws. He is the WBC European champ and two-time WBC world champion and uh, was a karate kid when he was a kid. Got to put that in there. I'm a karate kid. Anyway, um... Now, I don't know much about these guys, but Chaffee just came forward like a house on fire. Like, I don't know what's going on, but he was so reckless. 
His feet were not underneath him. He was consistently trying to move his head out of the way. He was, anyway, it was, um, um, it was not a good display of proper Muay Thai or, or just fundamentals being in your stance, like, like, like recklessly aggressive and, and calling on Menshikov. Well, literally he calls on Menshikov and then gets hit with a three piece and it's nighty night. <laughs> so, and again, he, he literally calls him on, let's go. And then again, ducks his head, does something weird, turns his head to the right and just ends up staring right at an incoming left hook. And he is out. And if you watch the uh, Instagram at all, which of course you all watch the Shadow Podcast Instagram, I laughed. <laughs> um, when you're going to fight like that, just so crazy, wave people on. Well, I'm hoping you get knocked out. So that did happen. All right. And then we had Walter Gonsalves versus Jacob Smith. Uh, Walter Gonsalves, 25 years old from Brazil. Uh, 66 wins, nine losses with 37 KOs. That's huge. He's one in four in one Muay Thai and 0 in one in MMA. So his only one, his only one win in one championship was against my buddy Tuso Cruz from Mexico, which he did finish in like 30 seconds with a punch to deliver. Uh, he's fighting at a black tie CT in Phuket, and he's the 2018 WPMF World Muay Thai Champion, as well as the MX Muay Extreme Champion. Last five fights, he lost to Superlek. I feel like he fought before that, or after that. Anyway, uh, Tuso Cruz, which we just mentioned, Momotaro, Rod Tang, which was a split decision loss. That was a good showing. And Matt Dalman, which he won by knockout as well. So he's four and six in his last 10 fights. Um... Versus Jacob Smith from the UK, 31 years old, five foot six, 135 pounds, 16 wins, six losses, and he's one in one in one championship. His only one loss was to Rod Tang, and he got torn apart. Um, owns his own gym, Tie Fist, in the UK as well, and he did make his debut against Rod Tang, and that was in May 2022, and uh, obviously just has all the muscles in the world. So, and again, Walter Gonsalves coming in at number three. I don't know how that works when you're. Uh, uh, one, was a five, six, when you're one in six in one championship and you're number three in the division. But again, I don't know how this works. I, it's, it's, it's the first time I've ever followed an organization where I, I sort of felt like it mattered. Like, man, I, I can't, I can't follow the spider webs. Anyway, shut up, Jay, stop complaining. <laughs> uh, I did think, so when I was watching this Walter Gonzalez and go back and watch it, when they're, when they're introducing his name, he is taking deep breaths. He is closing his eyes and, and he's not really looking up. He's showing all the body language signs of someone who is nervous and maybe doesn't want to be there. He's looking down really deep breaths and, and just sort of, you could tell he's in his head a little bit. And I remember thinking like, man, he sure looks nervous. Like I remember thinking that live. Um, and then Jacob Smith, uh, man, completely changed his style from his first goal. Very, uh, and he did say he was, he's working on a hybrid striking style for one championship which is really what it's turning into. That sort of classical Muay Thai is starting to leave a little bit. Um, not bad or good, just is. And um, anyway, so so Jacob, lots of fakes and feints, lots of lots of quick, quick, fast movements to get inside. But for some reason, I don't know if it was Walter or if it was Jacob, but I thought Jacob was like faking and fainting his way like right up into Walter's grill before anybody tried to punch or kick. I'm like, man... You are sure doing that really close. I was really uh, uh, like, like impressed and also kind of puzzled. Like, are you sure you want to do that? But hey, Walter wasn't doing anything. And then eventually, and by the way, once they got close, Jacob's uh, 
like clinch game, his, his, his knee to elbow game was really good. He, he was really scoring with those. And then eventually when they were close enough, Walter tries to throw a right elbow and you can tell he, he, he's locked onto it. He looks up and you can tell he's concentrating on that elbow. And because of that, he gets stabbed in the liver unexpectedly from Jacob Smith and that's it. Walter cannot meet the count and Jacob's the winner. Um, not a good showing by Walter Gonzalez. Very good from Jacob, especially being able to change up your style so fast. But I was reading on Instagram that Walter on his Instagram was saying um, that he's having some personal issues and he's got to take a break. And in my opinion, at those levels, the personal issues bleed into the profession, become professional issues. They, 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 one bleeds into the other. And uh, um, so he's saying he, he just needs to get his life back in order. He's going to take a break and, and get his head right. So, and, and really, I hope he does. That's always the sad story of, to be honest, of a lot of these fighters is uh, they're living fight to fight and they have no idea what happens next. So anyway, um, congratulations, Jacob Smith, and, and all the best to Walter as, as he maybe needs to do a little soul searching. Okay, and then, hey, what do you know about catchweight? We have Edgar DePars from Mexico fighting Johan Jojo Gazali. Uh, from Malaysia, so Edgar Tabara is 29 years old from Mexico, five foot seven, 32 wins, eight losses. He is 0-3 in one championship. And uh, he is Mexico's first WBC international champion, intercontinental champion. And he's fighting Jojo Ghazali from Malaysia, USA, 17-year-old phenom, five foot six, uh, 24 wins, six losses. And he is 5-0 and with four knockouts in one championship. And the recent winner of a $100,000 five-fight contract with one championship. Sound familiar? Um, by the way, he mentions that he's, a, he's got a contract with one championship before he even has his driver's license. <laughs> I don't have anything for Edgar except uh, his last two losses, unfortunately, were to uh, Elias Mamoudi and Rod Tang. Johan Ghazali, his last 5-5 five five were, oh man, why did I even write this down? Temerlin... Bekmerzaev, my bad if I screwed that up. Samurai Siopal, Thai, Sorjor Thai, Sorjor Paikutai, and Padetsuk Fairtex. Ooh, a little bit of a linguistics lesson on that one there, hey? Now, uh, let's talk about the fight real quick. So uh, a couple low kicks back and forth. Tabarez is right on him. Right when he gets touched on the leg, he's, he's really good at, at getting to the other leg, um, the grounded leg to inside low kick. Now, right off the bat, Jojo hits Tabarez with a body hook that got everyone's attention, man. He tried to punch a hole right through him, and it was loud. Like, we heard it. And Tabarez didn't seem to be affected, but it, I'm sure it caught his attention. It caught mine. It caught everyone's. And then you just, it was like in slow motion, uh, round one. But you see Tabarez probably from, he's got good, beautiful traditional Muay Thai, by the way. But it, it, maybe it just, his style just does not work for one. But we'll get into that in a sec. So you just see Edgar Tabarez lift his elbows so high. I saw this like slow motion. So if you're watching on the camera now, so I'm watching t the uh, TV. I was going to say Tivio. My son calls it Tivio. So I'm watching the Tivio and uh, he has this high guard. And even me, I look down at Edgar's belly. I see it like, oh, the belly. And Ghazali just rips in a left body hook to the liver and Edgar falls. I mean, uh, I mean, he, he's almost like, suspended in air his, his he shrinks up to a raisin so fast and then hits the ground and that was it he did not get the count and then jojo ghazali your 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 superstar your 
your golden goose, maybe of one championship at the moment, comes away with another knockout victory. Now, before we talk about the Edgar Tabarez, why do, do they hate this guy? What did this guy do to one championship? You make your debut against the champ for the championship belt. And again, I know I've said this quite a few this quite a few times this episode. That makes no sense to me. Like, so he comes in, he and by the way, he had a pretty good showing versus Rod Tang, but he was ducking under, I can't remember what it was, but he was going to the well a little too much, ducking under those hooks to the spin elbow. And literally, Rod Tang grabs him by one hand and slaps him with an, in the mouth with an elbow. And that ends that. And then he fights Mamoudi as well, ex-champion Elias Mamoudi. And that guy's a hurricane of martial arts moves, man. He's, he's team all violence. And just crushes Tavares in round one. And then, again, Johan Kazali, although maybe not a champion, not Rod Tang, this guy is clearly a superstar in the making, if not already being made. And... uh just Edgar again fed fed to the Lions. So out of his three one championship stints, it is Rod Tang that he's lasted the longest with. Can you believe that? I don't know what he did, but I feel bad for him. But you know what I see, honestly, is uh when you hear like Tabarez talk about this fight and being part of one championship and and after his after his loss, he had something, you know, wrote a thing on Instagram and it's like, you know, I was just I'm happy to be there. I'm happy to represent my country and to be part of all this whole thing and I'll, you can knock me down I'll always get back up and you know all that kind of thing but it sounds like you're happy and grateful for the opportunity which makes sense he just seems like a super nice guy but I just feel like these guys you were fighting are just so fucking hungry they don't give a shit about I'm just happy to be here no 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 who the hell am I gonna rip apart tonight how much are you gonna pay me and then who the hell's next like I see the attitude difference where like, man, I'm just happy to be here. I'm part of this. Oh, wow. This is really cool. Thanks, everybody. And other people are just like, I don't give a fuck where we are, man. We are fighting. I want a world title. I want money. I want to go viral. I want it all. And you're standing in the damn way. That's how I feel about uh, Tabara's opponents. <laughs> anyway, I like his tradition. I like Edgar's traditional Muay Thai. It's, it's beautiful. It's very nice. But... One championship, I just don't think is the place for you. No offense, man. Who am I? I've ever been there. But man, when you fight a guy like Jojo, who again, so now he's so now he's five and oh. So who does he fight? You know, like a lot of these guys don't have a lot of five fights in, in one championship. In my opinion, don't throw him to the wolves. You know, you, you got one. You got one here, one championship, but they know this, of course. But you know, don't uh, you know, treat him like a fragile egg. You got a nice, nice, beautiful golden egg right there. You want to hold on to that. Uh, I'm sure I'm not telling one championship anything they don't know, but but again, I mean, it might be time for how come Edgar's got to take these fights, but not Jojo. You know what I mean? So maybe maybe it's time for him to to have a step up. But also, keep doing what you're doing, kid. Take your time. You're 17. That's wild. All right, and then we had a catchweight fight, of course, at flyweight. We had number one. Uh, Nguyen Trandinat versus the Bosnian menace, Dennis Piric. Uh, Nguyen from Vietnam, 34 years old, 5 foot 6, 14 wins, 4 losses. 2-1 um, and one in one championship, 4-0 and oh in MMA, and 2-0 and oh in Letway. So like Burmese bare knuckle boxing, head butts, and there's, no, there's like a 2-minute break if you knock someone down or knock them out. They got two minutes to wake up or five minutes or something. I don't think you can win by decision either. Like, yeah, it's pretty wild. And uh, he's got some good wins over Matias Casarino, 
um, Italian guy who was pretty big into the, the tie scene there and I think broke his arm. I can't remember who he fought, but broke it pretty good. And I don't know if he's fought since. And uh, Victor Pinto, it's Victor Leo, I can't remember, but I think it's Victor who's the, uh, also the RWS commentator. And by the way, I like him because we have something in common. Oh, oh, we're consistently doing that on big shots. So <laughs> he gets pretty excited. Uh, Dennis Birch, Bosnia, Herzegovina, from, uh, slash Canada, 38 years old. Um, five foot four, 40 wins, 13 losses. And he's two and two in one championship. Uh, he lost to Yodlak Pet. He beat uh, Tagir Kalilov, who I really like. Tagir is the only guy that I've ever cheered for with MMA or boxing uh, basketball shorts on uh, in Muay Thai. Uh, he's a savage. He fights hard. Uh, his Instagram, he's always smiling, wishing everybody a good morning every morning. Anyway, I can, I can always cheer for that. And he's got um, some, some crazy fights too. But, and then lost to Shirzad Kabudov as well, uh, talking about Dennis. Uh, Dennis is a 10-time Canadian Taekwondo champion. Uh, 2005 Taekwondo world champion. He had a long stint at the Benjamin camp where apparently had like 70 fights and uh, KO'd Pornsene Sitmonchai in nine seconds. Um, I'm not sure when that was, but that's a good scalp. 38 years old, man. Absolutely ripped, beautiful low kick. And I know he was training at the Superbond training camp specifically for this fight. And uh, yes, yeah, so you saw some spin kicks too. So now it makes sense where those come from. Um, so now D-Nat was known for a high kick and he caught Dennis a few times, but only with the foot, kind of lifting the lead leg and kicking. Um, and if anything, that just pissed Dennis off and he got, he went wild. And then eventually uh, Nguyen went for the high kick over, over Dennis's lead side. So, so as he twists a block, it sets up the left hook, right? And so he did, he blocked the kick and before uh, Nguyen can get back to his stance, perfect. Uh, he throws the lead hook to the top of the head and gets the knockout. So where does D Dennis Puric go from here? I know last year he called out Rotang literally like, where are you, bitch? Like, <laughs> like literally said that. Or like, I'm right here, bitch, or something like that. I, you're now three and two and one. You fought Yod like Pet. You fought Tagir. I'm on board. I'd like to see that fight. <laughs> so Dennis Puric versus Rotang. Let's do it. All right. And then another catch weight we had Tong Poon versus Ellis Barboza. Tong Poon, 26 years old, 78 wins, 24 losses. He's three and one in one championship, training at a PK Senchai gym. And uh, in one, he's beat, so he beat Yang Dam, he beat uh, Pet Mong Call, and tomorrow, those last two Pet Mong Call and tomorrow were by knockout as well. Super heavy handed, clearly tries to intimidate people, a little bit of a bully even, and very, what seems like hot headed, and what I'd like to think of as a round one fighter. Uh, if you can get through round one, you got a good shot. Getting through round one, though, that's tough. Uh, and so Ellis Barboza, 23 years old, five foot six out of the UK. He's 17 and five, uh, training in Dubai. So I saw him quite a bit training out of, uh, what was that, Muay Thai Muppets with Jason Woodham. I'm not sure if he's still there, but I've been following him for quite a few years. WBC European champion. And uh, he's won four fights in four months. And so that's what caught one championship's attention. And he got the call to the bigs to fight Tong Poon. And, uh, yeah, he was saying too, like Tong Poon is, you know, you're not going to scare me. You don't intimidate me. They went forehead to forehead at the weigh-ins. And he's just like, I'm not scared, man. Like, I know that's your shtick. It's not working with me. And it didn't. Uh, Ellis did go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, which normally seems like a bad idea. And Tong Poon was landing well. But Ellis just had the better weapons and the better weapon selection at, at the right time. And uh, and then eventually, I can't remember what it was. Here it was. I wrote it down. Then 120, there's 125 left. Oh yeah, Tong Poon gets greedy. That's right, with a big, a big punch. And then uh, you see Ellis uh, left hook. 
which is Tong Pu's go-to weapon, you see Ellis lean back out of the way and then just come back with a right elbow and crush him. So he drops Tong Poon. And then uh, 125 left in round three. Uh, Tong Poon eats three elbows. And then you can see that was the breaking point for Tong Poon. He started backing up like it was, I don't know if they hurt or he got wobbled or, but that was the breaking point. And then uh, Ellis just sort of picks his shots a little bit. You still got to be careful fighting Tong Poon. And then with 30 seconds left, just slaps a liver shot and uh, down goes Tong Poon. So he wins. There you go. That was a hell of a fight card, eh? That was fun. Um, Maybe if they can all be like that, they're fun, hey? So a couple takeaways I just wrote down real quick. We probably talked about them. Why do they hate Tabarez? (laughs) We talked about that poor guy. Where are guys like Pampayak? Um, I I know I've brought that up before, but Pampayak, so he, for the most part, I believe, trains at a Jitmoing Nun camp. Well, there's all sorts of Jitmoing Nun fighters in one championship. Where the hell is Pampayak? I'm a big fan of, and... He's not getting young, so I'd love to see that one happen. And then, uh, obviously, Johan Ghazali is your next super-duper star, right? Like we just mentioned, he's hungry, he's young, the the eyes are on him, grew up in a Muay Thai family. So, but as we know, it tends to be that 17, 18, 19, there's just so many forks in the road, you know, a little bit of success, who knows what happens. Of course, we always hope that he just keeps going on an upward trajectory as he is, because the sky's the limit when you're 17 years old doing what you're doing, so... Definitely give me watching him, hey? And like I talked about as well, it's hard to navigate the field. There's there's just so many debut fighters fighting champions and established fighters. There's so many one and done. So again, just just when you think of like Joe Nuttawat and Luke Lisi, like, well, kind of both those guys. Besides the Nuttawat fight with Tawanchai, like, like what would you even do with Nuttawat really, right? So I really wish they would follow maybe more of a ranking system or... Just don't bring in so many one and done, I guess. That's just my opinion. It's hard to follow as a fight fan. Um, four of these fights, half these fights are at catch weight. So I don't know if that's like to stop because we know what's been happening the last year. Like the day of, there's f- fight cancellations, fight switch. You fight him, now you fight him. You go over there, you go away. We're not going to talk to you anymore. Like it just kept getting, it was, it was a curse, especially the prime cards. So I wonder if this catch weight is a way to beat the system. Um, that way you don't have to, stop the hydration or, or whatever. Don't know. Um, what's next for Dennis Pierce? We talk about Rod Tang. What about Ghazali? Maybe Hey, Jojo. Why not? Uh, maybe a top five guy. Um, you know, you got, so when you look in the top five, you have Mamudi, you have Taiki Naito. I think that'd be a good fight. Dead Dwayne Lek, Walter Gonsalves, who does sound like he's going to take some time off and super Lek kickboxing. That's a Muay Thai kickboxing division, Daniel Puertas and a Kalilov rematch. Maybe, but I think Dennis has quite a few options out there for him. I think Rotang would be fun. Uh, Smoke to Joe. You know, so he talked about the title shot, of course. Um, other division rivals that he could be fighting. Jimmy Vigneault, again, there's another guy. Where, where's Jimmy been? You know, he beat Pet Morricott, right? Like, why isn't he fighting? Um, maybe Sidichai? Maybe, maybe a, a, that'd be interesting, right? Smoke and Joe and Sidichai. I don't think they fought before. And as far as Luke Lisi, um, give him another shot and let him fight a newcomer, right? Like, let's let's see that. I, Yeah, I've beaten it like a dead horse, right? Kriglia, what's next for Roman Kriglia? I got no idea. Does he venture into MMA? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's, I mean, shit, he could retire, really. Like, I, I guess if you want to keep fighting, go to MMA. I don't know what else that they could do at heavyweight. They, they made a Muay Thai World Championship fight 
for you. They brought in somebody on their first try. You smashed them to pieces. Like, yeah, it's anyway, I'm, I'm not sure, but, but a three division world champion, I don't know, hang it up maybe. Um, all right, guys, I, let's talk about the next one championship. I'll make it somewhat quick, but, uh, this weekend we also have the UFC main event, Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. Um, that should be, that's for Leon's title should be, should be interesting. Um, Alex Pantoja versus Brendan Royval. I don't have a lot. Shavkat versus Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Interesting fight there. Uh, yeah, Colby Cummington. So just a couple of things here. Um, his only two losses were to Usman. And besides that, it was somebody in like 2015. Um, however, since Colby beat uh, Rafael Dos Anjos for the interim title, he's had five fights in 20, since 2018. I know he had that thing with Jorge Masvidal, but... Yeah, I don't know, man. Should be interesting. Leon Edwards. Um, his only losses are, to, again, to Kamaru Usman, Claudio Silva, only by split decision. And in February 2012, uh, by DQ knee. So besides Kamaru Usman, his last loss was in 2014. This is this is Leon Edwards. Uh, 2014 by split decision. And before that, he lost via knee DQ. Like, that's that's really impressive. Um I, I, I'm going to take Colby Covington, to be honest. I don't know why. I don't really watch too much UFC, but this is an interesting card for sure. Shavkat, Rachmanov, 17-0, 17 finishes. Um, eight by knockout, nine by submission versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Stephen Wonder Old Man Thompson from the U.S., 41 years old, 58-0 in kickboxing, 17-6 with nine finishes in MMA. Um, I So I was listening to Ariel Hawani and, uh, last week, maybe the week before, and you talk to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson about this, and he just said, "Listen, like I, I want back into title contention. I don't think he'll get there. Um, Shavkat, nobody seems to want to fight. He's in the way. Let's do it." So, Stephen Thompson, man, uh, good for him for taking this fight. I got to be real, man. If he wins, I'll eat my own underwear. Don't quote me. <laughs> and then uh, here's the big one. I more I wanted to talk about El Kukui, Tony Ferguson versus Paddy the Paddy Paddy the Body Pimblet. So that was my terrible uh, Liverpool accent. Paddy the Batty Pimblet. Tony Ferguson, 39 years old from the U.S. Interim lightweight champ. Tough 13 winner. Six-time fight of the night. Uh, he's tied Khabib Islam for... Khabib and Islam for the longest light, lightweight win streak at 12. He's unfortunately tied Elvis Sinisic, Phil Baroni, Hector Lombard for second longest losing streak in the UFC. The only one to beat those guys is BJ Penn, unfortunately. Um... And Paddy Pimblett, 28 years old from Liverpool, 5'10", 20 wins, 3 losses with 15 finishes. Uh, Tony Ferguson as well, 25-9 and nine with 20 finishes. Um, yeah, and, uh, uh, Paddy's last fight was against Jared Gordon, which he probably should have lost, but again, what, but people hate him for it now. Now, this fight itself, Tony Ferguson. So Tony has been training with uh, David Goggins to get in shape for this fight. Um I'm not sure how I feel about that. I know David Goggins, and if you don't know who that is, uh, just go look him up. He's crazy. Uh, you had to have. He's been on Rogan. He's famous. But uh, here's the thing. I feel like I'm not saying Tony isn't going to get something out of that and the respect of Goggins and the work, and he's going to be in shape. But I also felt like it, being in shape, per se, was never really his problem. He always had crazy cardio. Um, I think this was 
This is just me. I think this was a bad decision on Tony's part to work with David Goggins. I feel like I don't know nothing. I literally don't. But I feel like if you're going to work with someone like David Goggins, you've got to put all your eggs in that basket. And I mean, literally, there's nothing else in your life except that. So I feel like you might put yourself in a position after six losses where you go, this is it, man. Everything I've, I've worked with Goggins to, to break mentally whatever I had in the way. This is it. I literally have done everything, including this. If I can't win, I, I, like, like I feel like he's putting so much pressure. I could be completely wrong. I just feel like when you do something like that, you're putting pressure on yourself to say like, I fucking have to win this. I've put literally everything, everything into this. I have to win. And I just think that that pressure is going to crush him. I'm not saying he puts it on himself. I'm just assuming he is. When you're 0-6, your back's against the wall. You're a, you're a shell of your former self. No offense, Tony. And then you reach out to a guy like Goggins. I just feel like that is your last-ditch effort. And, and I wonder if he's feeling the same. Uh, anyway, and then we have uh, Vicente Luque versus Ian Machado-Gary. Everybody hates Ian Machado-Gary as of now, and it's just getting worse. I don't want to crap on the guy. Um, he, he certainly seems to earn it, though. But all I want to say is that fight is now off. Apparently, Gary has the flu, which is going to make the comment people get even crazier. <laughs> so that fight is off. But uh, Ian Machado-Gary is the uh, sort of public enemy number one in MMA right now. All right. That's that. Woo-wee. So that was last weekend. That was the UFC this weekend. Everyone's getting on it real quick here before uh, before fight time, hey? So last but not least, here we go. Friday, December 22nd, one fight night 46. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, the big one. Where do we at here? Exactly one hour. Um, In the main event for the featherweight Muay Thai World Championship, we have Perfect Left or Left Celebrity. Those are great nicknames. Tao Chai. Versus Superbond, Tawanchai from Thailand, 24 years old, Southpaw, 130 wins, 31 losses, two draws from PK. He trains, he's been with PK Sanchai since 2015. He's the current and defending featherweight world champion, 2022 Muay Thai Fighter of the Year, as well as Breakout Star of the Year, 2018 Lumpini Fighter of the Year, Sport Authority Fighter of the Year. Um, his last five, Joe Nuttawat. David Kiria, broken arm. Jamal Yusufov, Yusupov, broken leg. I don't know if he actually broke his leg, but God, it looked like it. Uh, Pet Morricott and KO of Nicholas Larson. Um, and he's KO'd Samapet, Sean Clancy, Sangmani. Uh, by the way, he, he was the first man to knock out Sangmani. Um, Nung Lekis beat Kulib Dam. And his lo- only loss recently was to Sidichai. And I believe that was a three-round fight, but maybe they got those guys go again. And of course, Tawanchai is in shape. That guy's looking thicker than a snicker uh, in like the past maybe six months. Again, super legendary Super Bond, 33 years old, five foot nine and a half from Kunsuk Muay Thai and Sigma Win, as well as like his own gym, Super Bond training, something or other. Under trainer Gay, 114 wins, 35 losses, and 28 finishes. He is though he was the one featherweight kickboxing world champ, the Kunlun Fight World Max Tournament champ. Infusion 2018 eight-man winner, 2010 Thailand champion, 2014 WBC Intercontinental champion. And his last five fights were Tafe and Oskin, beautiful knockout. Chingiz Alazov, where he was on the receiving end. Murat Gregorian, which I thought was a big test for him, and he won. 
and uh, Sidichai. Uh, so he's fought Sidichai, Marat twice, Toby the Weapon Smith from Australia, Singdam three times, Sanchai, uh, as well as the kickboxing champ uh, Petitong, Pet Fergus, and Canadian Sean Kearney. Now, when we're talking about Superbon, just head kicks. On, according to Wikipedia, I was going through the list here. Um, he has one, two, three, four, five, six head kick knockouts, according to Wikipedia. Um, four left leg, two right leg. Clearly, you're going to have to watch out for the head kick from Superbon and Tawanchai, really. Um, all right, so then think about this fight. So what do we got here? Is this the battle of the kickers? So Muay Thai, um, Southpaw versus Orthodox. These guys can kick. And it's a bit of a different style. Obviously, Superbon, he's got a long body. He can bend his hips and kind of have that sneaky head kick when he fires from in close, as well as disengaging, which catches people. Um, where Tawanchai is just, just power, right? Um, both guys have a phenomenal teep. Um, Superbon sometimes uses his teep almost like a way to get his right knee in as well. And he does have a couple right knee to the body KO. But I'm going to go with Tawanchai, and I think it's going to be the left hand. I think that's going to be the difference. Uh, I think the boxing of Tawanchai is going, is going to make the difference, um, especially the left hand. I just think it's, it's a little quicker, a little hard hitting, and he tends to punch in combinations um, when, when he kind of has a, a flurry go once he decides to let loose. So I'm going to say Tawanchai... Um, third or fourth round knockout is, is my guess. I do feel like Superbon gets hit with the hands. So, um, yeah, that, that, man, I can't wait. That's going to be a heck of a fight. What else we got here? And by the way, what was the last Muay Thai fight for Superbon? I, I, I can't even tell you. It, might, it may have been a uh, super long time. That guy, Superbon, has had a, a super Muay Thai fight. Super, super. And then we have a rematch for the Strawweight World Championship. We have Prajan Chai versus Joseph Lasiri, the Hurricane. Prajan Chai from Thailand, 29 years old, 5'5", five five, 125 pounds, 340 wins, 52 losses, and 3 draws. That's 400 fights. 3-0 in boxing. He's a 2012-1 Song Chai champ, the 2011 and 2012 Rajadamnon champ, 2014-2020 Lumpini champ, 2021 1-1 strawweight Muay Thai champ, as well as the 2020 WBA Asia South Asia South boxing champ. Joseph Lasiri, 32 years old, 5 foot 7, 43 wins, 13 losses with 20 KOs. He is the uh, uh, WBC world champ, four-time WMO world champ, one strawweight world champion. Uh, and he had a performance of the night versus Prajan Chai in their first fight. In his last five fights, uh, Rotang, Prajan Chai, that guy, Penpech, and Rocky Ogden as well. Um... Now, I, I just recently rewatched this fight. Not to say Prajan Chai. So Prajan Chai, I mean, he, he's knocked out Sam A quite recently and looked great. But Joseph Lasiri had great movement in their first fight, staying outside and making Prajan Chai really try to reach inward um, to get Lasiri. And he just couldn't. And then a, in, in very non-Thai fashion, didn't answer the bell for round three, I believe, but had a bad cut on his eye. So I don't, I don't really know the result of that, but... Uh, if, if Joseph Lasiri fights the same, I think he's got the style to beat Prajan Chai. Prajan Chai is quite compact, small, thick, and he kind of waits and tries to use his hands, but he wasn't even close to getting any... Well, I mean, he landed a few good right hands, but it, 
it wasn't a close fight. So I'm very curious on this one. I'm going to take Joseph Lasiri again, if he can keep that same style um, of in and out. Well, I'll just take him anyway. Although I do, I do really like Prajanchai. Um, and then for the interim Adam Weight World Championship, we have Pet Jija from Thailand versus Anissa Mexin from Algeria, France. Pet Chija from Medi's Atuts Gym, 21 years old, 5'3", 206 wins and 6 losses. Th that's insane. 4-0 um, in one championship and 4-0 in boxing with 3 KOs. WPMF and WMC world champ, tie fight 2021 Queen's Cup winner. Um, yeah, and she's a... Uh, uh, so Anissa Mexin from Algeria, France, 35 years old. So coming to the end of her career. 103 wins, five losses. Again, unbelievable record. 33 knockouts. Two-time glory super bantamweight champ. ISKA world champion. The Waco 2016 world champ. Uh, WFC Euro champ. WPMF world champ. WBC world and Euro champ. Savat world champion. French style kickboxing. Box Francais Savat. Um, which makes sense when you see her style. Uh, she was a, a Euro French and world champion in Savat as well. And... Uh, her last loss was to Tiffany Fansoost, who she's also beat, but uh, Tiffany's now retired. Anyway, um, good fight here. Pet Jaw's all power, man. She can punch and rotate like a dude. and I, Like, she hits really hard, and she's just starching everybody. Anissa's got that style where, where you know, like it's like the Mayweather combinations of Muay Thai, where she can just go, 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 up, down, up, down, up, jump, kick, spin that. Like, very impressive. So this really is going to be a bull versus Matador fight. And I'm taking Pet Jija. I just think she's too strong um, over five rounds. Maybe not three, but definitely over five. Man, I can't wait for next weekend. And then the big one, the real big one. Bantamweight fight. Nong Ohama versus Nico Carrillo. Nong O from Thailand, 37 years old, 5'7", 265, 55, and 10. He's 10-1 in one, in one championship. And uh, seven-division Muay Thai champ, two-time Thailand uh, one-time Rajad Amnon, three-time Lumpini, um, as well as one championship. Seven-time defending one championship, former, that would be. Two-time Lumpini uh, Fight of the Night. Uh, three-time Sport Authority Fighter of the Year. And his last five, Haggerty, Ramazanov, Liam Harrison, Felipe Lobo, Rodlek, all by KO, including Haggerty, but that one was a loss, obviously. Um, versus Nico Carrillo from Scotland, 25 years old, 5'10", 25 wins, 3 losses, 1 draw. He's the ISKA Intercontinental Champ, 2-time, I believe, WBC and ICO European Champ, and 2-time WMO World Champion. His last 5 fights, Mung Thai, beautiful KO, Furkan Karabag, beautiful KO, uh, Pascual Amoroso, Alessio Malatista, and Sexan. Okay. So by the way, Nongo, if he loses this fight, this will be his first back-to-back -back loss since mid-2012 uh, uh, mid when he lost to Singdam and Pet Bunchu, which, uh, I mean, doesn't get better than that. And he one time had a six-fight losing skid in 2010. Okay. Oh, boy. What do we do here? What do we do? I want to cheer for Nongo. I want Nongo to win. Nothing against Nico Carrillo. I just, he's a legend, man. I, I love legends. But the reality is, I think Nico is going to crush him. Nico Carrillo is looking so big, so strong, so ripped. He's so much bigger than everybody. And just, he's like, he's like, seems to be like one of those freaks. Michael Jordan, 
uh, Lance Armstrong, um, David Goggins, you know, like where they're just so obsessed with what they're doing that they're abnormal. You know what I mean? And he says that himself. Uh, so looking on a couple of interviews with Nico Carrillo quite recently regarding this fight, he was saying um, that he's very well aware. This is not just a fight. Nong-O is Nong-O. And the other brilliant thing I think that Nico Carrillo said was, what also sets Nong-O apart is he thinks he's the one and only tie, or at least the first, to perfect how to fight in four-ounce gloves. And like, man, that is a super smart comment. You're right. It really is Nong-O. He's figured it out. So, man, I, I just, this is one of those fights where it's it's the old lion versus the young lion, right? And I, I, feel, like, I feel like what these fights are made for, because they happen all the time, is these are fights, they're trying to push Carrillo, obviously. And so if you can get past someone like Nongo, you're there, superstardom. And clearly, I think with their new announcement with Sky Sports uh, in the UK, they're probably trying to set up or hope Carrillo Haggerty in the UK. Why wouldn't you, right? By the way, I've been watching a lot and I've seen, I've been watching a lot of Nico Carrillo lately, just getting ready for this. And man, when he spars, it looks like he pisses a lot of people off. Like he's, he's always got to be, if you're, if you're at number two, he's at number three, you move up to number four, he moves up to number six. He's always just got to make sure he's one step ahead of you. And you can see that when he's sparring some people, he just has no problem going there. And it looks to piss people off, man, and bring up the temperature. And there's even a video out there. It could be really old of him sparring Haggerty where Haggerty's just kind of covering up and not really offering much. Carrillo is way bigger. This is sparring. And even Carrillo like puts his hands up, like, let's go, man. And uh, it's just kind of slapping Haggerty around. He, he's guarded, but there, there clearly looked to be a size difference. So I can't wait. I want Nongo to win. I think Nico Carrillo will win. Um, either way, I, I think either one of these guys fights Haggerty next. That's my opinion. Um, and boy, it's going to be awesome either way. The reason why I am not choosing Nongo is, and Kieran Kettle said it really good on the last one, right when he got knocked down, he looked old and he's right. He did. He looked old when he got back up. And the reality is, uh, Anderson Silva, I mean, that's just off the top of my head. It just, it just happens. Like once, once the immortalness leaves, it's like, they can't quite get it back. And the reality is this is Nongo's second go at immortalness, being immortal, immortalness. <laughs> he took some time off and came back. So I don't know, man. I'm sh- I think Nico's going to win this one by knockout too. And he can kick her. I don't know. Anyway, another one. Catchweight Sexan, the man who yields to no one from Thailand versus River Daz from Australia. Sexan, 34 years old, 200 wins, 74 losses, eight draws. He is 7-0 in one championship. Trains at Sorsamai in Bangkok. Um, he was used to be the Rajadamnon champ. Defended against Pampayak. Amazing. Gaunar, also amazing. And Taninchai, who he fought seven times. And they went 3-3-1. and one. That's how those guys fight again. Let's, let's have a final decider. Uh, and just multi-Rajadamnon fight of the year, fighter of the year award winner. Um, WBC world champ, IBF world champ, Channel 7 champion in 2010 four-time performance of the night in one championship. And uh, again, we talked about this. His last loss was to Nico Carrillo, and, uh, which ended his, his kind of streak of seven losses in 10 fights. And since then, he's like 9-0 in one championship. River Daz, 30 years old, 
from Australia, 33 wins, one loss. He's one and one in one championship, so his only loss is in one championship. Uh, Fairtex is where he's training out of in Thailand, 4-0 and in glory. He's a WMC Australian champ. I love the Aussie scene out there, by the way. They mad, mad Muay Thai people over there. 3-1-1 uh, one one in boxing. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. His fight in September, his last fight, River Daz. I'm sure that was September. was absolute madness. And his only loss is to Silvio Vitez. Um, now, you know what's funny? Again, watching Instagram and checking on these people the last little while, uh, River Daz said, like, holy cow, man, I'm going to fight sex and I don't know if I, I can do that. And he goes, you know, but as the camp goes on, you're like, okay, man, it, it's good, it's good. And then uh, just, man, I can't believe I'm in one championship. And, oh, no, I'm right where I belong, but... Man, when you're saying those things, you're already making Sexan bigger than he is. So, But you know what kind of fight you're going to get with Sexan. And again, I'm hoping maybe on the other end of this, Sexan versus uh, Liam Harrison. I know I've said that before. Love Sexan. I'm going to take him. And then at a catch weight, of course, we have Mung Tai, the elbow zombie versus Nabil Anand. So real quick, Mung Tai, 204 wins, 44 losses, four loss, five foot eight, five foot eight, Nabil Anand. From Algeria, 19 years old, six foot four. There's four, like that is a massive difference. Mung Tai, 204, 44 and four. That's his record, 204, 44 wins, four losses. And Nabil, 34 wins, five losses, one draw. Uh, Mung Tai, um, several time Lumpini champ, Lumpini fighter of the year versus Kulabdamu, who's had lots of fights with. Um, Thailand champ, Channel 7 stadium champ, um, he beat Yod like Pet in his last fight. And by the way, that was one of the best fights you're ever going to see. That was the same night. Was that the Hegarty, Hegarty Nong O fight, I think, during that night? Go back and rewatch that. Yod like Pet versus Mung Tai. That's a hell of a win right now. Uh, he got knocked out by Nico Carrillo. Um, fought Kulabdam. Like, like I said, so many times. Uh, Mavlud Tupiev, Vladimir Kuzmin. And his number six last fight was Liam Harrison. Uh, Nabil Anand, WBC two-time world champ, WPMF champ, WKN intercontinental champ. If my junior gold in his last five fights, Nack Rob, where he won by KO, Superlek, where he lost by KO, Luca Falco, where he won by KO, Pet Ek, where he won by KO. And uh, before that, he had four fights on the Rajadam on the RWS, Rajadam on World Series. Um, man, I don't know. Again, Nabil Anand, uh, that his... So Superlek tore him right apart, went right after his legs, smashed him in the body, and Superlek just ripped him apart. I think that's sort of how it has to be. Like, if you stand around and wait for Nabil, he's going to knee you in the face. He's going to teep you in the grill. Like, he's so, he's dulcome from Street Fighter too. <laughs> you got to stay away from that. Uh, and I thought Superlek just had the perfect uh, game plan for that. Um, interesting fight. Um, Tai is, but feels like getting to the end, he's been in so many wars. So, uh, but I'm going to, um, the fact that Mung Tai beat Yodlak Pet in a war in the last fight, I'm going to take Mung Tai in this one instead of, uh, Nabil Anand training out of Team Medizatut. Almost getting to the end here, guys. And then we have Kulabdan versus Ferrier Aminipur. Kulabdan, left meteorite, right. Southpaw fighter from Thailand, 25 years old, 75 wins, 25 losses. Uh, two-time Lumpini champ. Uh, two-time Lumpini Fighter of the Year, Thailand Champ Sport Authority Fighter of the Year. Uh, his last win was against Tyson Harrison, so that was the, the guy from Australia who just didn't fight and then left the ring, and then you find out legit shit himself on the first body punch from uh, uh, from Kulabdam, like, like shit himself. Actually, he had to leave. 
Um, I feel bad for him. Rafi Bohick, no contest due to an eye poke. Uh, Mung Tyree lost by knockout, that weird punch to the body, but then you fall down and stop moving. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Ferrier Armini Poor, 23 years old from Iran, 5'10". Uh, he's 5-0, and training out of Tiger Muay Thai. And uh, his last three fights were in one championship where he beat Pong Suri, uh, Rambo Lek, and Ferrari, all by wins. So um, good fight. Amini Poor, Iran has a lot of really good fighters right now. I do feel like Kulub Dam is pretty hot and cold. So I'm going to take the young gun on this one. Farrier, Amini Poor. Not that uh, left, media, right can't do it, but I just feel like he's a little hot and cold. That's just my opinion. Oh, and then we have the uh, the debut of well of uh, the Coco Show, the Road to One Winner uh, UK edition. That was Craig Coakley, uh, 27 years old from Ireland at a Dublin Combat Academy. 27 wins, five losses, 19 KOs, and he's making. So he was the winner. And he's making his one debut, but he already beat the guy he beat. He's already beat the guy who was in the finals that he beat, Nathan Benden. Already beat him to one championship where he fought Sexan. <laughs> so if I was Craig Coakley, I'd be pissed. But uh, the Coco Show. Um, I've been watching Craig for his, his Padman. They, they have, they, they clearly have years and years and years and years together with how close they hold those pads and, and, and how fast the reactions are with each other. But guys, that was an hour and 20 minutes of just stats, 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 stats. We talked about one championship last weekend, uh, a little bit of the UFC, and then obviously the massive fight card next weekend. So I don't know if we'll get a podcast out next week, but we definitely will be after the 22nd. I'm hoping on the Monday and uh, we'll, we'll break down these cards. I'll see if I can get a guest. All right, guys. I don't think that might be the last one before Christmas. If it is, I wish everybody out there, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, have a phenomenal winter break, Christmas season, holiday season, whatever you'd like to call it. Go recharge, be at home, all that good stuff. And we'll uh, we'll see you back after Christmas. And if not... Well, then we'll have a podcast for you right before Christmas. You got something to do after uh, like 9 a.m. when all the gifts are open on Christmas Day and it's boring. I'll have one out for you maybe then. (laughs) Okay, guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. It was an hour and 20 minutes of stats, stats, stats. I'm not going to lie. I probably should have done three shows here, but uh, I'm trying to work on that. I don't have to. We don't have to be here for an hour and a half, do we? Who the hell has got an hour and a half, right? Um, To let you know also, guys. I forgot to push record on my audio for the first 25 minutes. So this has been a two-hour podcast for me. <laughs> okay, guys, enough of this jibber-jabber. Shut up, Jay. Let's get on to it. One championship. I love you. I'm sorry to be a complainer today. Just my opinion. All right, guys, we'll see you later.